0: Behind the baller. My life is more than money and journey. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't got to tell me, dog. I know I'm the scene behind the baller. My life is more than money and journey. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home last. Behind the baller. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode of the world famous BTB podcast. My name is Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, also known as the Korean John Cusack, a.k.a. I didn't do it, a.k.a. I used to have an ego, but now I'm perfect, a.k.a. the Korean Michael Block. What a fucking Cinderella story. We'll get into that later. I bring you guys real, unfiltered, 100% professional podcasting every week. Museum quality game is spit on every single episode, guys. This show is brought to you by the eight time podcast producers of the year, the Dust Brothers, aka the Captains, aka the Kings of Podcasting. That's Miles Davis and Jordan Winter. With original music by Lakey and theme song by Illegal Cartel. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, May 22nd. We are a day away from my son, Ryder's ninth birthday. Ryder Yang, I was gonna say. Ryder Benjamin Yang. Name Ryder after me because we have so many, just, our, our personality is a crazy same. Yeah, tomorrow is Ryder's birthday, his ninth birthday, and what a fucking year it has been for all of us. I'm coming straight off the dome piece today, guys. Yo, you know what? Fuck it. Let's get it started. The blame game. The blame game. If someone drops a coffee pot, whatever the fuck was going on in their mind, Maybe the pot was too hot. Maybe something pissed them off. They dropped it. Right? Those are obvious things. There's really no like way to get around that. If you rear-end somebody in the state of California, you are at fault by default. Okay, just you're at fault. Sometimes people get into multi-dimensional ways of blaming someone else and they always say there's two sides to every story, right? I say specifically, look in the fucking mirror. When you have family members say this about you, "Oh, well in 2 years they'll see the light." Shit. I personally think might be sooner. Because the sun has been blinding your eyes for years and it's only been getting dimmer and dimmer. And to be honest, that's when you should worry. You know, it's a lot of weird blame shit going on blame this, blame that, blame Ben for this, whatever. It's real simple remove enablers from your life and digest some constructive criticism. You know, they say if it ain't broke, then don't fix it. I've lived by that for a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But I say this, check it out. I say, if it is broke and it ain't going your way, maybe change your mindset. Maybe change your approach. Maybe change fucking period. Just because it worked 100 times in your life in your sheltered life, it does not mean it'll work around others who run their own world and don't live by your rules. And more importantly, you can't make rules if you aren't a boss. Okay? You can't make rules if you're not bringing shit to the table. It's no more fucking just being there is enough. And that's funny because I've been blamed for that type of shit. You know what I mean? But nobody needs to meet you on your level, especially when you're in deep waters and you're drowning, okay? The only thing that needs to meet you at your level is a life vest, okay? And that's how we're starting this motherfucking show off. All right, guys, it is AAPI month. I actually tell you the truth. I still don't know what the fuck AAPI stands for. And I don't give a fuck. doesn't matter. I know who I am. I know what I represent. I know what I've done for Asian Americans in this world. And... I will continue to be me. I don't need anybody to put a label on this and that. I've been Asian since we were called, well, since we were properly calling ourselves Orientals. Okay? So it's Asian History Month, right? So fucking what? I celebrate who I am every fucking day. It seems like we all seem to, like Asians, we seem to low-key hate each other and the fake support each other and all that. I mean, trust me, I show love to fucking Koreans all over the place and Asians, whatever. And just because you know, by default and whatever, I'll admit, you know, I've been that, and that's nothing wrong with that. Does Black people be like, nah, fuck that? We are gonna help another Black man, help another Black soul, you know, business, whatever? Is it same shit? Okay. But what's wild is I get, I have so many fans from different areas, and usually it used to be a really strong, predominantly Asian, you know, uh, fan base. I don't think it's even a majority anymore. I think it's that widespread throughout the spectrum of, of supporters I have, right? But I get over 100 requests for help, advice, game, whatever. And every so often, I'll find one out of the bunch. And sometimes the Asian side are not. And it upsets someone when it's not them. Skip it over immediately when I see something like, oh, you'd have to. Day seven, I'd be asking, shut the fuck up, man. It's never a problem when you're green lighting yeses to someone you're helping or even to a friend, right? It's when you say no one fucking time, right? 10,000 yeses, one no, you're the bad guy. That's why I say no so often. It just evens shit out. I, I say no all the fucking time. I'll say no before I say yes, depending on who it is, right? I'm a big fan of stand-up. I've talked about this for many years. I used to listen to Richard Pryor records. You know, Eddie Murphy was the shit. I used to go to stand-up comedy clubs Um, in 18 that didn't have, you know, a one drink minimum, whatever I would drink, you know, soda, whatever. When I was in college, I would go to the Punchline in San Francisco. I would go to comedy clubs. My brother would take me to some here and there. I love going to comedy spots. Been a big fan of, you know, my boy Guy Tori had you know, uh, Fat Tuesdays at the Comedy Store. And me and GT have known each other forever. He has actually has a special. I think it's on it's on one of the streaming platforms, one of the big ones, like Amazon or Hulu or HBO, one of the big ones. And I haven't had time to really go see a lot of stand-up. I watched it on Netflix here and there. But, you know, um, there's a couple Asian comedians that are pretty funny. Uh, Joe Coy, he had his moment I haven't seen anything funny from dude in a while. And I'm not putting him on blast. I just feel like you get funny and you get kind of par- like Dane Cook. Dude was never funny to me. But he he had it at one moment. I didn't mind acting so much, but like he just, you know, and I was like, yo, bro, you're not funny. Then there's that one little, uh, that Latino cat, I forgot his name, but went at George and I've tried to find something funny. Like, I don't gotta like you. You say some funny shit, I'll fuck with you, but it's just like, you know. But I've seen some Asian comedians on uh, Instagram, on TikTok, seen bits of it, then I'll go try to look for stuff, right? And I noticed one thing is, one big part of Asian comedians, uh, like the body of their work, right, is they like to make fun of each type of Asian background, right? You got a Chinese dude who's really good at making fun of Filipinos, Vietnamese, Koreans, whatever, and, you know, with accents and shit like that. Some people do better than others, but when they nail it, it's cool. And no Asians really get mad. They think it's funny, you know, they support it. Especially if it's accurate. You know, my boy Bar Kwan did this thing on how to phonetically, you know, um, define each Asian race, right? And and it's just like, um, I mean, each Asian background, right? Each Asian country, you get the fuck I mean. Nobody from the Asian community really trips out. You can make fun of Vietnamese, and be like, oh, whatever, and you know, and fucking Filipinos are like, oh, I got the book, okay, and this and, you know, and all the, you know, how they have that, that fucking accent, right? Koreans are, oh, what are you talking about? Or whatever. And listen, I don't do impressions. I'm just telling you. But if we were to do that about Latinos or blacks, it's on, motherfucker, it's war, right? Right? And that's the weird ass world that we live in. And they'll talk about white people. And it's like, because I guess like, you know, the whole shit with, you know, white people have oppressed people here. But there's white people who haven't, you know, they're just catching strays. But again, it's just the weird ass world that we live in right now. And it's has getting shittier and shittier. And everyone hates each other. And we all just need a hug and some water, right? I treat every single fucking person with an individual approach, right? Just cause you're Korean does not mean we gonna be fucking cool. Now, if I just happen to notice some things, designs, comedy, fucking art, something, a passage you said or something, you have be Korean, you know, yeah, it'll catch my be like. All right, cool. Might gravitate towards a little bit, but like, nah, man. I just really, you know, I, I deal with everybody as an individual. and I love that. My friends are from all over the fucking place. Besides my cousin and my other cousins and stuff, like I just don't have a bunch of Asians I hang out with. But I'm good with hanging out with anyone. I don't give a fuck who I could go anywhere. I can go to motherfucking black barbecue tomorrow in Compton and be good, right? I can go hang out at a Mexican barbecue and be chilling. Same with any fucking race. I think it, you know, I don't have a lot of people from Sri Lanka. I got a lot of Indian homies, um, you know, but whatever. I just enjoy being on different cultures. I don't really give a shit. But when it comes to this Asian stuff, you know, I don't sit and tell people they shouldn't celebrate February Black History Month here and there or whatever. And I respect it. It's when there's Asian History Month and people are talking about the stop Asian hate. And I don't really have much to say about it. It's just like, yo man, like, because what I said was a hot take about anti-blackness being brought up in Asian households and people are pissed Asian people this ain't the time like, hey motherfucker this my opinion fuck you but I will say this the hate that the Asian people get for owning the dry cleaners owning the nail shops owning the liquor stores owning a boutique in inner city areas in the hood is real simple don't open a fucking store then right? You're not liked. I mean, I'm sure there are people that whatever they do business, there's getting, it's getting more tense in these businesses. I just feel like, look, I get it. You know, Asian people, they um, work hard, they figure it out. and They're like, fuck it, I'll open a nail shop. You know, you teach people how to do certain things, boom. And they're not making a ton of money. They go out there, boom, and they just go into a store. They'll have a fucking abusive fucking customer here and there more often than not, maybe. And, if you're disrespected and you're being treated as and called an oppressor get the fuck out of there like why deal with the disrespect like wouldn't you rather have like peace of mind you know what i'm saying like i just think about that shit during age history months I'm like and i notice again but the, i get my nails done at a fucking place where it's mostly white people and it's the same it's just different areas I don't get it. You know, I'm around motherfuckers who are cheap sometimes and that's why they're like kind of including tips on people's things and I also get upset because you go to Asia and there is no tipping. You go to most parts of Europe there's no tipping. It's just you go there and the, the, the salaries are set but you got people so, you know, then you got people who treat you like shit and don't get a tip, right? Then you got people who need the tip to survive and it's just a weird way I'm not saying everything needs to be universal but there's things that work and things that don't and it's just again the world is going to shit but I don't necessarily every year someone asks me to speak on some fucking thing for Asian History Month here. I'm just I talk, I've told my story a bunch of times I don't want to be out there anymore I don't give a fuck you know anyways that was my bit on that now kids yang gang cbc had a good but tough week with the kids this week um tough because i didn't get to see him for a few days and you know talking on the phone is so much it just gets into a weird place where like you know in 2019 i was gone almost 200 days out of that year talk to the kids every single day multiple times here and there that hasn't been the case you know as of recently but you know um more recently, you know, things have changed. But like, you know, my kids didn't understand what I did for a living. They don't understand the grind that I put in. They're starting to get it. You know, the last year, I, without a single doubt, that i become London writer's hero. You know, there's things that their mom can't teach them. No other man in their life can. Might be gems here and there, little things here, and there, but they can't. I cannot be replaced in their lives by anyone, period, right? And so, you know, when there's like these times where I don't see them and stuff, I don't want them to get used to things where I feel like it's just like I'm on vacation or some shit, which is definitely not the case. And I need them to understand that. I need a certain amount of love from them to operate and London fully gets it and I'm not calling Ryder out because Ryder loves me to death just think that they're dealing with a really tough time right now and uh, this past week Ryder's school teacher called me and she told me something I really needed to hear it's probably the best thing I've heard in a long time And she's like, "Look, I'm sorry about the situation you guys are going through. And the past month, you know, Ryder has been definitely taking it, you know, hard. And he's good at hiding it. And uh, you know, disrupt the class a little bit here and there. And I don't usually do this, but during a lesson as a private school, during a lesson, you know, I know he needs to get some fresh air, and he's having a hard time. He's frustrated." I'll let him go take a walk. And I'm like, the fuck's he gonna walk in the hallway here and there? It's just kind of weird because Ryder, I don't know, he sometimes gets scared about walking in certain areas. He can't go to the bathroom. By. He's just, just different. And and I was really bummed out. I was like, damn, I'm so sorry. She's like, but I'm assuming you saw him last weekend. And I was like, I did. And it was glorious. It was a very joyful I don't want to say heart-wrenching. It was just very emotional, overwhelming, a lot of feels, but it was a good thing. And she said, I knew you were back in his life. Not knowing the whole situation, I didn't need to break it down to her, nothing. She said, the past few days, He has been the top awarded student in class. He has changed 180 degrees. He has been attentive. He's been on point. He has been an excellent student. The best student I've had in the last couple days. And I said, that's fucking amazing. And she said, that says more than anything that you could possibly, you know, say about a kid. You being back in his life, you know, definitely was a big, big shift in his morale and everything. And I was like, yo, thank you for calling me, telling me that London's teacher had hit me up later in the day and said the same thing. But I will say that London has definitely taken this the absolute hardest, you know, and all I can do is tell him that I love him, that your mom loves you very much. In London, I promise you, we will have the best summer of your life. We will have the best summer of Kaya's life, Ryder's life. And we will continue to flourish and take it up a notch every week, every month, every year, whatever. Okay. But, you know, the kids got three weeks left of school. And I think it's really starting to get on London in them. I think this little, little weird break that we had between you know um, when I saw him this week and then to the next time, it just fucked with him more than I thought. And none um, is very sensitive. Out of the three, he's the most sensitive, more sensitive than Kaya. He uh, has come out of his shell, but at the same time, like you know, he's doesn't have a lot of friends. I think around the wrong person. Or the wrong kid, and thank God he's not. He has some really good, you know, a small little group of, of friends that are really great people, great parents, and um think easily if someone was just a kid was just a fucking slime ball, he could easily be manipulated. And you know, I would jump in and be like, Yeah, no, that ain't happening. But really, he just needs to get through these three weeks. And I'm gonna do all I can, you know. Um, I really can't wait to hit a beach, some amusement parks. Even just home time with popcorn and snacks and just chilling here. You know, London out of the three deserves a break the most. I mean, all of them do. But we had such a fucking amazing day yesterday. Like, where do I even begin? All right, well, Tuesday. Tuesday, you know, we get to the new house and, and, you know, they love it. I'm just like, hey, listen, 15 minutes. Well, took them to get some ice cream and um, picked them up at school and they were just fucking ecstatic. And um, I was like, look, you guys got 15 minutes. Go check out your new toys, jump on this, whatever, boom, get settled in. You guys need to do your homework. I don't want to hear anything about it. If you need help, I got you. I will help you. Let's get all the homework done. We don't have a lot of time. You got school tomorrow. You got to eat dinner. A lot of shit going on, right? But I will say this. I bought Super Mario. It just came out today. It's the first time we could watch it. Anyone can watch it. I pre-ordered it. So we can watch this if you get your homework done. And, um, you know, they told me, all right, we'll get it done. I helped him with the homework here and there. At around 5.30, I was like, guys, I'm making you dinner. Now, as far as all three of them go and me... I mean, Postmates was always the easiest thing because that's, you know, pizzas here and there. They love it. And I was like, no, listen, I'm going to make you guys something. It's pretty simple, but, you know, I made spaghetti. You know, it has to be a certain type, certain type of sauce. And it was lit. It was al dente. One of my favorite sauces. Uh, I wanted to throw in some some ground beef, but Ryder didn't want it. Neither Kaya. London specifically wanted um, mac and cheese. So, you know, I had to do that. And, um, London was like, this is the best mac and cheese I ever had. Now, I'm actually having a hard time believing him. And I feel like he could be telling the truth. But I just think he's just been so, dad, I love you. And dad, I miss you. And this is awesome. I don't even care. Today was better because I was with you, whatever, boom. And it's just, it's really heartwarming to hear that from him. But made him dinner for the first time. I'm going to say, guys, wait till you have the pancakes. Wait till we have this. Can't wait till you guys have a little bit more, you know, um, like, Kaya shocked the shit out of me. She's eating, you know, she drinks Sprite. She's, you know, trying vegetables, eating shrimp, having fucking, uh, she likes ranch dressing now. It's crazy. I just love it. Kaya ate anything, you know. She doesn't have the same issues as Ryder and London do, well, especially London. But made him dinner, watched Super Mario. And then it was a few days. It was tough, you know, talking to him every night, making sure, like, guys, I love you guys here and there. Um, Ryder had a birthday party on Saturday, and I was like, look, guys, go have a fucking great time. You know, unfortunately, I didn't have time to plan a big party for him. But we went big. Like, we went big, big. And when I say that, you know, in all of Ryder's life, we've always thrown some big parties. They've gotten some really good presents from friends. But this is a different year. It's a different situation. And I hadn't seen him for a while. So writer has never got this level of gifts from anyone even on his biggest parties in the last four years if you combine every single gift that he got every single gift card everything it probably didn't even equate to one quarter of the shit that i got him he had a list of stuff and some of the stuff on there i was like god damn bro 600 fucking dollars for a motherfucking robot that's six feet six inches fucking tall like really you know, but I just want them to know, like you know, and I know I spoil him, and, and you know, it, it's fine. It isn't, but it is, right? And we went hard body. I got him every motherfucking thing he wanted. It's crazy because he's a collectibles. He's starting to really get into it. But it's like, fuck, man. You drop, you know, bands on a nine-year-old. This is crazy. But I'm like, look, I don't give a fuck. I just want him to, you know maybe takes his mind off certain things that's fine i want him to get into hobbies love that he's doing this shit you know what i mean got him a new iphone you know um and at the same time i'm good at making sure other people get stuff you know every year the kids get kind of bummed out because some people get so much and then one kid's got to get something right so you know make sure london got you know his new laptop i got him a ps5 he'll obviously share with Ryder got him a fucking electric bike, you know, and kayak, get her, you know, a bunch of clothes and other stuff and things like that. But, you know, of course we had Ryder's birthday party yesterday at Dave & Buster's. First of all, I gotta say thank you to Popeye Vasquez. You're not just a friend. You're not just a business partner. You are fucking a beautiful, amazing human being, bro. And thank you to Rhonda at Dave & Buster's. Rhonda, I, I know I don't get a chance to really just kind of articulate my feelings more than than I have and and I wish you knew how much I do appreciate you and all the times you've taken care of us but they went fucking all out they had the custom screens up every fucking plasma TV had a picture of Ryder great shot of him you know uh, Super Mario on there Roblox fucking Godzilla in the background they covered it all it was amazing okay now, this was a party for 14 people. We had food for 40. And I was like, guys, I fucking told you this was going to be small. 14 people. Okay. 11 kids and 6 adults. 17 people. We had food for 40. Boneless wings. 9 pizzas. I'm not joking you. 25 large orders of french fries all piled up to a mountain you know drinks everything you think of every single kid got a hundred dollar power card and some of them refilled them virtual reality rides anything they wanted from the Winter circle and i mean if they wanted a fucking hundred dollar gift it was done right on top of that custom bracelets little things that did just it was crazy but it was a fucking amazing time and the kids had fun left there. Had a small after party at the new crib and we just chilled. A lot of hugs. A lot of just, you know, hanging around and London started to mess with his new PC a little bit more and, you know, me and Kai were making videos on TikTok about this and that and Kaya's like, Daddy, I want to take a bath. I'm like, I got you. She's like, but Daddy, do you have? A, I got a hair dryer. I got your. I got your brush here. I got everything. You got clothes. You got. What's up? What you need? You know, heated up the pool just in case. Like you know, we had. We just had a great day. In fact, to the point where the last like forty-five minutes to an hour, I was like, "Fuck, we do now." You know, I'm like, damn, we have done everything. Made them dinner again. Made these uh, homemade pizzas. They were good. London liked the mac and cheese. I just wanted it again. He's like, this is better than cheesecake factory." I'm like, now you capping. Stop London. You know what I mean? But we had a great time and took pictures and just documented everything. And There was no arguing. There was no nothing. And that's rare, you know? They're starting to understand, like, look, there's no rules in this house. This is daddy's way. This is, we don't have, house is immaculate. I'm a fucking neat freak. We're just chilling. I don't, I don't want to have any problems, nothing. There's no rules except have fun. So I'm starting to get that after coming here a few times. But, um, I forgot to mention I finally got 40 eh, 55% of my shit and um, I almost feel human got all my golf clothes probably had I don't fucking know 12 closets worth of clothes probably got 8 or 9 of them couldn't grab the garage sale stuff by the way, I have a totally separate thing that we had planned in mid-February that has nothing to fucking do with anything that took place prior to fucking February. But there's dumb fucks out there who just want to irritate me. And they they won't try to like, you know, try to like, like yo, I see the bait. What the funny thing is, is Y'all got bait and you want motherfuckers to try to lose something, but I got real shit that's going to really, like, put y'all in a bad state, okay? Like, it's, like, that's the difference. You know when you can't do anything, you you, you play basketball, you guard somebody, try to talk about their mama, try to talk about, try to get somebody around. Like, talk, I come on, man. I'm the troll king. You can't fuck with me. Right? Like, you won't take me out my game. What I will do is hand you an L and then take you out the game, period. You know what I'm saying? No playoffs, no chip, no nothing. And then maybe you join the fucking G League and then you go to China. That's the type of shit I'm on. But, you know, felt normal. Got to grab some of my shit. The rest of it's like stuff that I don't want to talk about It's whatever, but I'm good. I don't really give a fuck. And it's... I'm just in a better situation and it's amazing but I will say this I got London a credit card I'm excited starting his credit journey early I think he's gonna have a 700 plus credit score by the time he's 16 and he freaked out he's like are you kidding me really dad I got a credit card and London's writer's like wait I, I don't get a credit card I was like "No, nah, doc you'll get one don't trip you'll get one alright so let's take a break real quick and uh, let's pay some bills and we'll be right back y'all Friends, families, and loved ones, I bet you haven't purchased a Father's Day gift yet. Have you? Have you? (laughs) Manscaped is saving the day yet again with a total package. It's time to upgrade from waist to face with this exclusive offer. Join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, including me, and get 20% off plus free shipping with code BALLER at manscaped.com. Included is the Beard Hedger Trimmer, Beard Shampoo and Conditioner, Beard Oil, Beard Balm, and two free gifts with their signature beard, comb, and scissors. Whether mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, or golfing in the sun, these are products that you need. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code BALLER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code BALLER. Make this Father's Day special with Manscaped and BTB. Good money habits start with your very first paycheck. And if you just scored your first job, you've got an opportunity to jumpstart a healthy financial journey. When you sign up for Chime and link a qualifying direct deposit, you get access to benefits like getting paid up to two days early and fee-free overdraft up to $200. With Chime, there are no monthly fees, no minimum balance, and no deposit required to become a member. So sign up for a Chime checking account today to link your paycheck. It only takes two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score get started at chime.com slash baller that's chime.com slash baller com slash baller chime is a financial technology company not a bank banking services and debit card provided by the bank corp bank na or stride bank na members of fdic early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply see chime.com spot me so we're back as good and a bad of a week as i've had you know what i mean It's ebbs and flows whatever this laker shit has just been on the back of my mind it just hits me emotionally especially because we have a chance to go to the fucking championship Start off 2 and 10. Go to the play in, make it to the playoffs. We're undefeated at home. I knew Denver was going to be a motherfucker. Game one, they set the precedent, whooping our ass. Come back at the end. I'll be honest with you. We, we made a tough comeback and almost could have won the game, right? Could have. But we had no dominance you know, until the end a little bit and a little too late, right? We go back to Denver. I mean, we stay in Denver. We, we lose a stupid-ass game to controlled the entire game until it mattered. Up the whole time. Stupid-ass substitutions. Blame game. I blame Darvin Ham. You know what I'm saying? I blame Ham. He's got to go. And... We we give the game up. There was no excuse for that one. That was a game that we had, and you know, and we had it. It was in our hands. Then game three, you know, I was like, "Look, we'll win two at home, and then see what happens." Game three was just fucking awful. We were up again. Had it, you know, we we controlled the destiny of, of you know, this western finals and um again start doing stupid shit trying to match threes like no let lebron go to the hole put Rui in earlier it's just fucking awful we were in the game and we just you know at home and momentum changes and we get our asses kicked and it was fucking embarrassing a real Laker fan will turn it off when it's just that bad it's just this is you know we're getting to the end and um, I just gotta just like I never said Denver sucked they're number one seed for a reason Jokic is a beast Jamal Murray is out of control Michael Porter's playing out of his mind they're just the better team period they got too much from every fucking angle they got it all covered like surround sound the bench is deep they got shooters if KCP's not on someone else is. it's just crazy they're just a better team, period. Got to give them their flowers. Got to give them their, their propers. The whole nine. Now, the whole thing is, Lakers in fucking seven, all right, no team has ever come back from fucking 03. I, I got to see what game four looks like before I even fucking start talking like that, right? Um, It don't look good. And it sucks, you know what I'm saying? Because shit, we should have just dropped my Laker hat you know, before the shit's over with, but it is what it is, and I'm sure the Lakers are... And I'm not worried about it. The Hats are dope and Lakers are a brand name, you know, beyond just being, you know, the most fucking popular, one of the most popular teams in the world. And it is what it is. Now on the East Coast, I don't know who the fuck Boston is, but I know who Miami is. They're not fucking around. Tap that ass game one. Tap that ass game two. And spank that ass game three. Miami is going to the fucking finals. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. You got an eight seed whooping on a number two seed, a very tough number two seed. Great team. And then you got us that is just showing we're not meant to be there. So I don't know, man. Miami fucking Denver is going to be a fucking battle. I do not think Miami has what it takes to beat Denver. They've played at the top of their game. And I don't think the top of their best fucking game is going to fuck with Denver. Just not. And maybe Denver gets their first chip. I don't fucking know. I think so. I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. Who fucking knows? I would love, you know, when you see fucking Cavs, Warriors, down 3-1, they come back. I don't know, man. Not with this coach. Definitely not with this coach. A big pivoting to golf. A big fucking shout out to someone I've heard his name several times at the kingdom, at the Tailormate offices. This dude, Michael Block. Jesus Christ. 60 years old or 60 something, I don't know. How old is this dude? He's, he's, I didn't think he was that old. Look, and maybe I'm wrong. Shout out to a royal... Chabuco Golf Club. This is just fucking. He has been the talk of social media, the talk of golf. Michael Block is a PGA golf teaching pro. Okay. Student makes $120 a lesson. He's a golf pro at a Royal Trubuco Chibuc- Golf Club. He is team tailor-made. He's fam to my people, Trotty, and all the other guys. Wow. Just Fucking wow. Probably had the greatest golf week of his life. No expectations. Dude is just fucking solid. I've only heard great things about this guys. He's my boy Stephen Maubin's homie. Just wow. Finished T15 and at one point was in the top 10. This is the PGA Championship. Okay. We're talking about a fucking major. Right. He fucking had a hole in one on the final day like it just they fucking showed the clubhouse that he belongs to they were going crazy they had that hole in that ace was just this dude is fucking amazing you know he made what $300,000 which would take I don't know how many fucking lessons for him to make but just that he's getting invited now he's playing the fucking um, Charles Schwab he's you know got a chance to do other stuff and he's his social media went up like 10,000% fucking amazing. Talking about the PGA Championship, look. Oak Hills is not an easy course, right? This was the toughest, hardest course I've seen professional golfers play at, right? Uh, my boy AK Anthony Kim lives right well lived right down the street. That's meant a lot to a lot of people. When Justin Thomas is shooting plus 10, plus 11. And other pros that I've heard of are shooting plus 14. They're shooting 84. And there's other guys that did worse than to make the cut, whatever. You know shit ain't no motherfucking joke. And then the rain, and it was just fucked up. John Rom didn't play. It was a shit show. Fuck all that. Shout out to Michael Block and all that and everything. But you know what? You got to give Liv their respect right now. Live Golf proved a lot of folks wrong. Yes, the format of what they're playing and everything else. Like, first of all, fuck that. Congrats to Brooks Kepka. You know, I knew a little about, about Dude. He was a winner. You know what I'm saying? He has majors. He's a G, took some time off. He's hit a slump. You watch Full Swing on Netflix, you get a little bit about Dude. Almost won the fucking the Masters, comes in and takes it, and he earned it. Period. It's a beast. You love to see it. Fuck it. You know, congrats to dude. And I think that's going to change a lot of people's minds. There's a few dudes in live that could fucking do it still. I mean, obviously DJ, of course. You know, what I'm saying fucking Phil and, and um, Cam Smith or whatever. But you know, he did his thing, and, and you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with live and just with these majors and everyone else and shows that the world world golf ranking points are just possibly flawed. I don't know. Speaking of golf, um, got to have an amazing round at Lakeside this weekend with my boy George Lopez. I'm finding my way back. And now that things are getting a little more even keel with, with my life and my family, I'm starting to practice more. Shout out to my coach, Rondell Barry, of course. He's been such a big part of the last few months and the last year of my life. I played out of my fucking mind on Saturday. You know, um, play with a couple guys that George always has. Nice little foursome going. Lakeside is my favorite country club in California, period, point blank. Great course. Never get tired of it. Tough course. I remember a year ago, playing there and hitting balls in the rough and i'm just like fuck but it was different i hit a ball here in the rough and it's like you know got in the rough hit it 20 feet back into the rough then right after that george calls it extreme makeover he's like you went bad bad shot then boom you look like a fucking touring pro that's a great thing by the way george on hole fucking 17 no 14, hole 14, holes out from 90 yards, and it was beautiful. Hit and George Lopez's short game is so nasty. It's crazy. He played every fucking day this last week, played six days in a row. And I just had an amazing time. Had a lot on my mind with the kids, and that was going on. And you know, George went through a pretty bad divorce, and we we're talking about it, but this is a different situation I'm going through. But man, I just had a short-term memory. And my driver wasn't as on point as it was when I was playing his tournament. But I had did my thing, right? Shot at 80. And the 80 there is no fucking joke, you know? Just had an amazing game. I just feel like I'm getting my way back and really going to start getting more aggressive with it. Shot par three this week. Had an amazing fucking interview with Sal Barbieri. Had an amazing interview with this dude who plays professional hockey. And um, interviewed Steven's wife, Eric Malvin. Just a real quick show. And who else do we have? We have someone else, and then and then we interviewed Schoolboy Q, and, and me and Groovy go back, and there's gonna be a viral clip in hip hop, even though this is a golf show. And Schoolboy hasn't posted on his social media in two years. Last time he posted something was a big paid ad for um, EA Sports, and him being Tiger Woods and Nike commercial, this and that, and um, I don't think he even posted a story for the Top Golf shit. No, no, was it the PG- Anyways. So he's dropping an album soon. He's got some big announcements to make. So we're going to kind of cater around that because he has not posted shit on social media, but had a great conversation. He said something that just really hit me hard. He's like, you know, I'm thankful every day coming from the hood, coming from where I'm coming from. And he's really from, you know, this motherfucker from for real, for real, ground zero, you know, hoodies from. And, you know, he's thankful every day. And he said, look, man, when you're out there on a golf course, you find out a lot about yourself. And goddamn, if he ain't motherfucking telling the absolute truth. And these last couple months I really found out who the fuck I was and how you play your game. you know, you're gonna try harder, you're gonna do this, you know. It just made me want to practice more. And, you know, he always talked about I'm not a try hard, you know, I'm just gonna go out there, have fun, do my thing, and not trying to overdo it. And it's really the truth. When I'm playing more relaxed and, and you know, not tripping is when I play the best. But guys, we have this part three contest, and um, we're trying to grow the show. You know, we're having, we're just really getting it in. Me, and JR, and Steven are definitely vibing on a different level. So there is a part three contest. We are going to do a two versus two, and it's JR Smith and Steven Malbin versus me and one of you guys. All right? and to be you know it's to be determined what the grand prize is going to be and it's going to be something big it'll be worth your while and where we play is still to be determined i'm assuming it'll be somewhere private somewhere you know somewhere good and we're going to film the entire round it's going to be actually aired on part 3 so whoever it is submit yourself submit a friend but you better be motherfucking good because, you know, I'm a 10, right? You know what I'm saying? I, I need some help. Both those motherfuckers are, you know, respectively a three and a five or no, three and a three. Like they're, they're both, you know, serious golfers. So you better be, or the person you fucking recommend better be a scratch golfer or better. Or you know what? I wish I, I, wish I could just put Michelle Wie in my fucking group, but look, it's going to be a motherfucker and I'm excited. You know, I think it's going to be dope after playing Lakeside with G-Lo, you know, um, watched that Lakers game, that shit just fucking ruined my night. And then I decided to buy that fucking Devin Haney Lomachenko fight. Now, I was mad about the Canelo-Triple G fight, the, the second one. Oh. <sighs> Look, everyone had Haney as his big fucking favorite, this and that. Let me say something. Haney didn't win that fight. At the absolute least, Devin Haney and Lomachenko. That was a draw. Loma whooped his ass. Won the rounds that were important. Did his thing. And he was crying in his fucking locker room. And as he should, he got robbed. It was a fucked up situation. And I really feel bad for dude. And that was some bullshit scorecard shit. Scorecard's the worst I've ever seen. Some people can say, oh, you weren't there. No, motherfuckers, I had homies that were sitting right there in front. I know Devin. Loma's a dog. So all these arguments, oh, man, Loma's too old. He's 35. Devin A. is 24. When fucking Mayweather fucking fought Canelo, Canelo was 23. Young, fresh, powerful. Floyd was 36. What the fuck were they talking about at that point? Saying Canelo was too young. What the fuck are you guys talking about? I don't know, man. It just was trash. But I was watching this commercial. I was watching this shit. I'm like, look, it's time to get some hormone treatments for me. (laughs) Okay? I need to get my testosterone levels up been taking magnesium by the way guys again i am in the best shape of my life right i got a fucking massage this week it was fucking amazing i used to get a massage like almost once a week i was getting one at least twice a month and then it just gone months and months and i just really need i got a full body deep tissue massage and that motherfucker was amazing it just got a pedicure i'm like a pig and shit after getting fucking manicure pedicure it's just been forever Just wanted to feel like a human again. I have my shit back. I have, you know, the podcast studio is looking right. Things are just starting to get into place. And now I'm going to start dialing in small things, but again, I just feel better. But there's still a lot of work to do. So, you know, night times when it's the toughest and uh, when I have rough nights, you know, I think these things and then I sleep on it and I feel better in the morning. You know, it's a little lonely in the house and um, I'm obviously looking for shit to watch. Watch Super Mario Brothers this week twice with the kids. But people recommended a few things. Just couldn't get into it. But I came across this fucking new, I don't know, documentary fucking reality, some shit on Netflix called Third Date. This Asian girl and his white boy in New York decided to go on a fucking random date right before the pandemic started. And then they end up getting stuck together In Costa Rica, let me save you guys all your time. It was fucking horrible. And I am a sucker for love stories. That shit was trash. That shit was 1,000% basura. Fucking horrible. Jesus. Waiting for something to come out. Fuck. Going to take the kids to go watch Transformers when that comes out in a couple weeks. I don't know what else is. I don't know what summer blockbuster film I'm trying to... I'm looking for anything. Fuck. I don't know about the Fast, Furious 10. I just It ain't even a fucking car movie anymore. What the fuck is this movie? It's like Marvel comic fucking car. It just... I don't know. I'm just not into it. But there's been so much hype about this White Man Can't Jump remake. And I just hate remakes. I'm tired of them. Come with some original shit, please. And Jack Harlow, you know, it's cool. He seems like, a, you know, he's, I'm not mad at dude. This remake was whatever. It wasn't trash and it definitely wasn't good. It was just whatever. I forced myself to watch it and I'm like, dude, they just did too much of like, it was such a copy. Like, Can't Buy Me Love was one of my favorite movies. It's totally separate. And then Nick Cannon and Christian Emiliano redid Love Don't Cost a Thing. And, and that was actually a good fucking remake. This was not So please, guys, give your boy The Watch Lord something to fucking watch. God damn. Haven't been watching Good Good. I'm just looking for fucking anything. Starting to watch Murder Docs and this and that again. And more like specific, just random things. Um, This Hillsong shit, that seemed pretty good. I'm starting I'm gonna try to get more deeper into that. Um, just talking about on hill song, that church. And then also this uh, Aaron Carter thing got a little depressing. Um, I still am planning on having Alan Hughes on the show. Now that I got the studio set up, you could get it in here. So I'll try to do that real soon now. that like I, I have a little bit more, you know, flexibility. But I definitely am trying to head out to San Diego to get my training on tailor-made and get some rounds in. Trying to do a subscriber meetup, guys. By the way, again, if you're still listening right now, Hit the subscriber button on my Instagram. We're going to be doing some perks. We're going to do some things. And I will be getting that garage sale once I figure out shit. But I just, I'm just trying to relax, get my golf shit back on, push part three, get this popping, and get my life back in order. Because summer, it's really about my family. I just really want to have fun. And I want to show love to you guys too. You know what I mean? So if you haven't subscribed to the show, subscribe to Behind the Baller, please. Helps me a lot. A lot. Helps the Dust Brothers a lot guys. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the show. Subscribe to Part 3. Show some love. I show a lot of love back. I've given out so many goddamn prizes and gifts, you know, and um, we're back on our gangster shit. Remember, BB's coming soon. Be better. Merch, all that. I got this Birdie Corn fucking amazing collab. I got a few collabs coming up. Vessel Golf. Some dope shit to look forward to. By the way, Richard, if you're listening from Vessel, I am sorry, bro. Obviously, uh, what I'm doing here is not what I'm going to tell you when I Talk to you It's just been a very tough time And I appreciate everyone At Vessel And um, That is it guys I want you to have a great week Make it a great week Alright Please wish my son A happy birthday tomorrow I have, I have a nice little post for him And I just want to have A peaceful week I want peace for my kids Okay And that's all I can say guys Alright This is not your practice life y'all I love y'all And I will talk to you next Monday. Peace.